Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now So this is Comic Book History Lessons, where we talk about the history of some of your favorite heroes, stories, and everything in between. Hello, my name is Ambrosia. Nice to meet you. Yes, like the fruit salad. I have been collecting comics for a large portion of my life. Um, I think like so many of us, uh, we use comic books as a way to escape from reality, and that is definitely um, what I used them for um and one day i walked into my local library and i read uh the amazing spider-man issue 121 little did i know um how iconic that issue was it's the death of gwen stacy i don't even know if my uh library had any idea what they like what a gem that they had there um but that was what got me into comic books and I just saw how much I could relate to Peter Parker. I was in high school. He was in high school. He just had so much on his shoulders, but he couldn't share. At that time, I had so much on my shoulders that I couldn't share. And I just instantly connected. And from there on out, um, I can, my love for comic books just went. Um, and this is where I am now. Okay. So let, let me just talk about how nervous I am. Uh, about this podcast. I am so incredibly nervous. Um, I have been procrastinating. I have, this has been in the works um, for some time now. However, I have just slowly been pushing it off more and more um, because uh, I just feel so nervous. I've been on podcasts before where like I've been a guest um, and it's been completely different because, you know, there are other people where you can talk with and like bounce ideas with and just, you know, just have a conversation with. So it's just easy peasy. It's like having a phone call with someone. Uh, but hi, I'm by myself. And then second, uh, can we talk about like the gatekeepers of the community? Um, like they are just waiting for you to make a mistake. But fun fact, I am human. Um, I am not a superhero. Uh, and I am going to make mistakes. So the whole thing about our comic book community is I think that we need to learn from each other and grow with each other and not like criticize when someone's wrong, but have, have a conversation about it. So, um, you know, I do my best to make sure everything that I tell you, um, is as accurate as possible, but I am human. So bear with me, yo. I love how about myself. Um, I am a teacher. Um, and I love it. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and I often teach comic books in the classroom. The most recent assignment we did was it was, uh, one of the standards was, uh, debating. So we had a debate on DC versus Marvel. And oh my gosh, it was so cool. It was amazing. All right. Moving on. So 
like a lot of people, um, there is this thing called TikTok. And I downloaded it um, last March uh, during the pandemic um, because my school had it to, like, try to connect to kids. And so we did, like, fun dances. And I was like, oh, I should probably, like, learn TikTok and figure out what it's all about so I could try to connect to my kids better. Um, I never added anything at all. Um, But, like, throughout the year, I would just scroll TikTok and I – I saw like different, it was more than just like those cheesy dances and it was so much more than what I thought it was. And, you know, I saw these creators making content and I was like, you know what? Like, I haven't seen that many comic book content. Like, I, I think I could do that. And, um, I want to bring comic books to the younger generation. Um, that's why, you know, I, have I talk about comic books in my classroom all the time. So many of my students didn't even know that comic book stores existed. Like that was mind blowing to me. Um, and so if they didn't think that they existed, then I can't imagine like what other people think. And like my students were mind blown that the movies, like in the Marvel universe, um, that they stemmed from comic books, that, like, their origins came from, like, comic books. Like, they had no idea. Um, and so, you, like I said, like, if other people, like, if my students thought that, then I, like, do other people think that? And so when I saw TikTok, I saw a um, an opportunity to bring comics into a younger generation because um, – there's just so many amazing stories that I feel like so many people miss out on that aren't in the movies. Um, like that connection to Spider-Man. I sometimes get like super nitpicky when it comes to the movies because I'm like, excuse me, uh, Peter Parker wouldn't do that. Uh, but so many people don't know that because they don't have that background knowledge and that character development that we have over the years. So I started TikTok and I just started to talk about the most recent comic books. And, you know, um, I just, I just want to bring that love of comic books that I have to others who may not even know. Um, but on one of the TikTok videos, I asked, like, I noticed that a ton of content creators were talking about like the MCU, um, and, you know, a lot of those movies that have been out recently. And I, not a ton of people are actually talking about like the comic book part of it. And so I, I asked, I made a video um, and I asked my followers um, why people weren't reading comic books anymore. And I got so many different responses. Um, but one of the, like, so I'll just give you some of the responses that I got. Um, one of them was cost, which yes, the cost, it does, it does get pricey. Like I don't want to talk about the amount that I, I pay weekly for my comic books because I don't even want to know. But so yes, I understand cost because cost has gone up um, in general. Another reason was the time to read. Yes, um, many of us are adults and life gets busy and we have dinner to cook and laundry to start and, you know, things to fix. And sometimes, like, we just don't have the time to read as much. And um, and I get it. Uh, another reason was um, the actual reading part. A lot of people, uh, to my surprise, uh, they didn't like to read. Um, and so for them, they said it was just much more fun and enjoyable if they saw it on the big screen, which I also get. Like, it's great. 
But like you miss out so much on the reading portion of it. Oh, my volume got weird. When you actually read about the characters. Um, but I don't know. Um, but one of the the biggest reason that I got that I never even thought of um is a lot of people told me that they were intimidated um to go into a comic book store or they were intimidated to start reading because they had no idea where to start. And that really kind of um, opened my eyes to a group of people who are intrigued and wanting to read comic books. But, like, comic books started a long time ago. And there are so many things that have happened and origin stories and, you know, deaths of characters that have come back and have died again back from, you know, the early 1940s to now that is just so much information to digest um and so it's really hard to pick up a comic book and having no background knowledge and you know that really intrigued me and I saw an area where I could help fill um and where I could help people you know understand the origins um so they could be able to go to the comic book store feel confident and get something that makes them happy and the thing is is like, I just feel like so many people are missing out on so much. So if I could help, like, bridge that, that would be awesome. Um, also, like, there are so many comic book readers who may not also know their origins. Like, I, you know, read comic books for years until I actually, like, wanted to learn the history of them and go deeper into it. So it took me some time to do my research. But, hi, that is why I'm here, um, to help you know, educate while also be educated, um, about, uh, the history of comic books. Um, also speaking of TikTok, um, in case you have a TikTok and you don't follow me, uh, come follow me because I talk about, uh, the most recent comic books that come out, um, recently since the King and Black series has been coming out, that has been a primary focus. Um, but if you would like to follow me, my name is comics underscore and underscore cupcakes. So comics and cupcakes, um, because fun fact, I also do enjoy to bake. So, um, once a week I try to put up like a cupcake recipe or some type of baking content while also talking about comics. So like last week I made carrot cake cupcakes. Um, and then I also talked about the flaming carrot. So yes, uh, it's fun. I love it. Uh, come hang out with me and talk to me. Also, that's a great place, uh, for you just to ask questions or like, if you have anything that you would like to like, yo, I think, I don't think you're right on this. Let me, let me teach you. Then please do. Like, like I said, I am not perfect. Um, but I am just trying to combine two of my favorite things in this, which is comic books and also teaching. Okay. So first off, let's talk about comic book history lessons. And, um, like I said, I want to be able to bridge that gap for people or just to, you know, have them feel like more, more confident when they go to the comic book stores and be like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. Because I love all my local comic book stores so much. I've been supporting them and I've been loving them for years. But sometimes, you know, they don't go to the customers and say like, hi, how can I help you? What are you looking for? And so a lot of people are intimidated. And like I said, that's something that I want to help people get over so that they could just read those comics and be super excited about them. 
So in order to understand comic books, let's go to the very beginning. So let's travel back in time and let's talk about the very first comic. Okay. So let's get into the juicy, the juicy details. Also, bear with me. I used to have speech problems when I was a kid. So sometimes you're going to hear a lisp. You're going to hear me mispronounce words. You're going to hear me stutter. But again, I'm not perfect. <laughs> bear with me. It's fine. All right. Um, so let's talk about uh, the very first comic book that was ever published. And it was created in good old Europe uh, during the time period of 1837. And it was called The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck. And it was written by Rudolph Topher. And guys, don't come at me. Okay, listen. I'm Mexican. This is a European name. <sighs> Bear with me, okay? Thank you. All right. Um, and it was more like a picture book more than an actual comic book, but it was still different. All right. So then, um, through this was the first comic that was published in America. And it cannot be said to reflect American history very well, um, since it was originally not written in America. So, you know. All right. So less, okay. So next is, Little Nemo in Semper in Slumberland. Please tell me that someone remembers this because I okay, I I never read the comic, but the movie. That was like one of my favorite movies as a kid. Okay, but let's talk about the comic first. So Little Nemo in Slumberland. Um it was written by Windsor McKay and it was it begins running in New York in the New York Herald. Um and it was the first comic with a continuing story. Um and is still noted as one of the most uh, richly illustrated comic strips of all time, which is so cool. Um and then originally came out in Japan um in 1989 as a movie. In the U.S., they adapted it um, in 1992, which, guys, I loved this movie. As a kid, it was by far one of my favorite movies. It was so bizarre, and I don't even know if I understood the storyline, but I just loved it. I remember he, like, Nemo was on his bed, and he would fly to Slumberland, like, during his nightmares or his dream, and then... I remember, like, that he was, like, bouncing around on these clouds, and his little flying squirrel, his flying squirrel, Icarus. I loved Icarus. Like, please tell me I'm not the only one that remember that. But, yes, so that was the original comic, um, and then they made it into a movie years later, which the movie was amazing. All right, anyways, moving on. So this brings us into the Platinum Age. A lot of people talk about the Silver Ages and the Golden Ages, but... Why don't we talk about the Platinum Age? <laughs> well, we are today. All right. So the Platinum Age consists of um, the time period of 1897 to 1938. So the first published comic was in 1897. Um, and it was The Yellow Kid in, in McFadden's Flats. McFadden's Flats. Um, and it's considered to be the first comic book. Again, Please do not come at me. I'm a Mexican trying to pronounce European names. Please forgive me. Okay. Um, and it was like one of the first times that we've heard the terminology comic book. Um, it was printed on the back cover. Um, so that really helped form the terminology of comic book. 
Um, and this featured uh, a lot of black and white reprints uh, of popular newspaper uh, comic strips. Um, it was also a lot of political and social um, stuff that was going on, which at that time, that's what a lot of comics were. Um, and FYI, okay, we are talking about the history of comic books, not the history of comic strips in newspapers, because that is a whole nother history lesson. But today we're, our, this whole podcast is focusing on comic books because comic strips have been around just as long as well. Um, but we're not going to be talking about that. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Anyways. Um, so this comic, uh, so this book featured black and white reprints of popular newsprints. Yes. Yes. Um, the first monthly comic book, um, titled was Comics Monthly, um, which began a publication in 1922. Um, and though it also featured reprints of daily newspaper comic strips. So what they would do is that they would take comic strips that they saw in the newspaper and compile it into a book and called it a comic book. Um, and then in 1933, we got the Funnies on Parade, and that became the first color comic book, um, which is printed in now what we consider the standard size of comics. Okay. But rather than original content, uh, it was, again, composed of reprinted comic strips from newspapers, um, including such favorites as Mutt and Jeff and Joe Palooka and Skippy. So again, this was an original content. They would take what they saw in the newspaper comics and then compile it into one mega book. It was very popular and led to publications of other comic strips from newspapers. Um, because the demand for comic books, uh, this led aspiring cartoonists who were suffering from unemployment as a result of the Great Depression to create an inexpensive and original content. Um, this is really important to note because at the time that comic books were created, it was the time of the Great Depression. Uh, this was so hard for so many. So many people were losing their jobs. Um, trying to get food on the table, like the Great Depression was rough um, and nothing that none of us would want to relive. Um, and so at this time, uh, a lot of people were trying to find any sort of happiness um, and they looked at different forms in inter of entertainment. And one of those forms of entertainment was in books um, and not just any books, but comic books to be exact you know and I mean that is also why I got into comic books because I was looking at any form of happiness of hope and wanting to see that through tough times that it would be okay at the end that you know the light overcame the darkness and a lot of people were feeling that darkness and so you know I you know, they searched into that entertainment portion of it. And that was when comic books, you know, help them find that happiness um, to get their minds from thinking about all the stuff that was going on in the reality of things. Like I said, that was where Peter Parker, he's my boy. Uh, okay, moving on. So let's just talk about Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. These men were some of 
some incredible people and really, really help shape the comic book world that we know it. So these two boys, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, grew up in Ohio. Um, they both met when they were around the age of 17. And something that they had in common was that they both loved sci-fi, um, which I don't know, in my opinion, is something that you didn't really see back then. Um, maybe not. I don't know. But they both love sci-fi and they connected from that, which I love. Um, side note, they're both Jewish. Just in case you needed a random fact of the day. Okay. Well, anyways, they both got to know each other. They became really good friends. Um, and, you know, they found out that Jerry liked to write while Joe liked to draw. So they put those things together um, and started writing together and drawing together, which I love. Um, so Jerry started to write about his inspirations, which at that time was girls. So back then he, he had crushes on girls, but he stated that he had crushes on, crushes on girls who didn't even know that he existed. Um, so he thought, what if I was amazing? What if I was terrific? What if I had all these muscles and I could just pick up a car and throw it around? Or what if I could just just jump from like building to building and all these girls would think I was amazing? Um, so that's what he formed Superman around is this amazing person um, that could possibly get all these girls. And ta-da! There forms the character of Superman. So, obviously, uh, Jerry did the writing and Joe Schuster did, um, the drawings for it. Uh, they, they sent it to every newspaper company, uh, that they could, uh, to try to get their foot in the door. But every company told them no. Uh, but what I love is that they didn't give up. Like, I don't know how many told, times I've told, I've been told no. Like, my legit, counselor in college told me just to I I struggled okay like depression it's real um and I was you know college was hard and my counselor told me to like just stop school like just I could graduate with what I had would I be able to become a teacher no but she just told me just like I don't need to be a teacher I don't have a future and just to stop um but I didn't give up and I truly don't know where I would like teaching is it's what I do. Like I just can't imagine my life without being a teacher. And I love that uh Jerry and Joe, they had so many rejections, but they didn't give up. And that just I'm so, so glad for that because they just truly opened this gateway to comics. So they sent it to every newspaper, they said no. But comic books uh were starting to become a thing. But they used just recycled materials from the newspapers. Um, and like I said, they used to compile them into books. And that gets boring after a while. So, okay, we're going to go back a little bit. In 1935, good old Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson, he wanted a comic book with all never seen material before. So like I said, all the other comic books have been like recycled and used um comic strips that were in the newspapers and you know they put into books but um Malcolm was like yo I want a comic book that has something that no one has seen before and so 
since he was going to start this, he needed it to be cheap because <laughs> hi, we're in a time period where times money was hard at this time. Um, so he needed it to be cheap. And in, the only way that he would be able to do that is if the, the people that he got, they had to be young because, you know, young people needed jobs and anything um, and they'd be willing to work for anything. So he was looking for young people, um, people who weren't experienced. And guess who fit in that criteria? Joe and Jerry. Uh, they fit into that whole thing. Like, you know, they had, they had their stuff. Um, and now they just needed to find the right person who would take it for them or actually anyone who would take that for them. Okay. So we're going to pause for a second. Okay. So put Jerry and Joe on like the back burner just for like, just for a second. Okay. Cause we're going to get back to them. I promise. But for, for this brief second, okay, we're going to talk about Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson. So Nicholson was in, sorry, Wheeler Nicholson, um, was in need of some cash. Again, depression. <laughs> well, they were all in need of cash at the time, but anywho. All right. So, um, Malcolm needed some money. Uh, so he partnered with a mag, with the magazine distributors of Harry Donafield and Jack Lebowitz, um, and founded Detective Comics. Okay. They went by several different names. Okay. We're going to talk about that. Don't you, don't you worry. Um, and, DC was founded in 1937. Okay, so in 1938 is when DC decided to take a chance with Joe and Jerry and decided to let them put their Superman comic in their, in their comic book. Um, so this is where we walk into the golden age of comic books. And this is where we also see the debut of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster's Superman character in Action Comics issue number one. Jerry wrote, um, was the writer, and uh, Joe Schuster was the artist. Two peas in a pod. I love it. Back at this time, it was only 10 cents per comic book. Like, Action Comics was only 10 cents. Guys, do you know what we could do with, like, if comic books were 10 cents, do you have any comic books I could buy? I probably wouldn't have to work two jobs. Okay, anyways, that's not the point. But again, inflation, so it doesn't even matter. But back then, one comic book was 10 cents. Um, and this comic book um, was an anthology, so it had 10 different stories. I think, I believe it was 10, um, compiled into one book. And one of those stories was dun-dun-dun-dun! Superman! Um, and also in Action Comics issue number one, we also see Zantara, um, who we see also in today's comic books. Um, and he, he is a man who does stage. He's a stage magician. However, he also practices actual ma magic. Um, and so I love that we still see him. But so we got Superman out of that and also, um, Zantara, Zantara. Um, but obviously Superman kind of was like the main focal point um so he is obviously superman was is still the most recognizable comic book character of all time um and he actually made super uh, so superman made comic books very popular and inspired other creations of a wide variety of characters with all sorts of superpowers but can i tell you guys a secret 
Superman used to be my least favorite character. Like, on TikTok, one of the guys on there um, was like, stitch this with your, like, the one person who you see you just want to punch in the face. And, guys, I'm typically, like, I am, like, a happy, like, I love everyone person. Um, But, like, Superman used to really bother me. He was just so perfect and, like, look at me. I can do everything. I'm awesome. Um... And I think, like, with Spider-Man, who's one of my favorites, I just, you know, he's such a more relatable character because you see him, like, having the struggles, and I really didn't see that in Superman. However, so I posted that TikTok, and a ton of people um, gave me Superman recommendations, um, comic book recommendations that I should read to help open my eyes um, and become more open-minded to the Superman character. So I'm still going through that. Um, there will be an entire episode dedicated to Superman, and I'm going to have one of my friends come up here uh, who is a diehard Superman fan um, to help open my mind even more to Superman and how much I don't give him enough credit. But anyways, Superman really did open up the gateway to um, the comic book industry. So thank you, Superman. All right, and your perfect hair. Also, I just want to talk about Jerry and Joe's relationship. Like, those are two people that, like like I said earlier, that they are truly two peas in a pod. Um, you could watch interviews uh, of any of them, and the interviewer would be talking about like, oh my gosh, because of you, we now have X, Y, and Z. And, you know, Joey and Jerry both were like, no, it wasn't just me. It was also Joe or Jerry. And so I loved how they gave each other the credit because we don't really see that a hundred percent like as much. Unfortunately, we live in a doggy dog world and um, sometimes we don't always give the credit words due, but these two completely did. And I just loved that so much um they truly are like the definition of teamwork so let's talk about national comics publication which is known as today as dc they just had like 10 different names not really 10 but they it could have been 10 so they were now dc however they've gone through the names of national comics publication um national allied publications uh also national periodical publications um but i'm just gonna refer to them as dc because that's what we know them as today so dc bought the rights to superman for only 130 dollars like what? That's crazy. Which, like, if you calculate inflation, it's roughly um, a little over $2,000. Which, again, don't come at me. Like, I didn't calculate the exact, pers- like, to the cent, but it is roughly over $2,000. Okay? Thank you. So, um, which still, like, I feel like it's, like, a super cheap, uh, like, today, if you would try to buy Superman and offer them $2,000, like, you would be laughed at. Because that's just, that's just nothing compared to, like, everything that Superman has brought. Um, But yes, so DC bought the rights to Superman from Joe and Jerry for $130, aka $2,000. Jerry thought, like, later on, as, like, they worked on it, and he was like, you know what, like, Superman is doing really, really well. Like we've brought a lot of money into this company. I think it's time that we need to renegotiate this deal. 
But if you remember, I talked about how um, Malcolm went into business with uh, Harry Donafield um, and Jack Leberitz um, because he was also Leberitz. Sorry, um, because he is he was needed some money. But anyways, so they went to go renegotiate this deal, and the co-owner Donafield, like they were like, hey. Would it be possible to like renegotiate, you know, this deal that we gave you this amazing superhero that we created? And Mr. Donafield over here threatened to fire them and was like, I can replace you in a heartbeat. Um, from like, so he threatened to fire them from Superman and to replace other writers and an artist to draw Superman for them. Um, which like, that really makes me sad. It's rude. Um, but he somehow found the kindness in his heart um, to, instead of firing them, um, he said that he would extend their contract for another 10 years and then he would give them a pay raise, which, like, hey, back then it was really hard to find, you know, a job in general. And so if you're able to work and do the things that you love, um, you know, and you had job security, why not? But can we talk about how rude and hurtful it was for Donafield just to, like, threaten to fire them because they wanted to, like, renegotiate? Like, excuse me, but what? Like, these two guys just helped you so much build your, like, comic book into what it is, and now you're going to threaten them? That's not nice. I don't like that. You know, they decided to go for it. Um, and later in some time, Jerry decided to pitch a series that was based around Superman's youth. But DC rejected it. They were like, nah, bruh, I don't want it. So later in some time, which I'm going to go into details on another show or another podcast about this, um, the introduction of Batman and Robin. But anyways, so they introduced Robin in Detective Comics issue number 38. Uh, and this really appealed to a lot of people of the young superheroes and it just blew up. So DC was like, yo, let's create more. So then in 1945, uh, we saw the appearance of Superboy in more fun comics issue 101. Um, the art was done by Joe Schuster, Joe Schuster, but Jerry Siegel wasn't the writer of it. So, you know, these people both created Superman, um, and they pitched a Superboy character and DC was like, mm, no. But then later DC decided to do that. Um, n- not having Joe uh, not having sorry, Jerry Siegel write it, but Joe Schuster um, do the art, which at least like it's 50-50. But anyways, um, at this time, uh, Jerry wasn't the writer because he was actually stationed in Hawaii during World War II. So he wasn't getting any income from DC. Uh, but DC was still making like bank off of his creation. You're serving in the war and people are making money off of the thing that you created? Mm, Okay, that makes no sense. But what do I know? So anyways, this is where things get like super complicated. And like, okay, let's just dive into it. So in 1947, Jerry and Joe decided to sue DC for the rights of Superman and Superboy. Because they were like, listen... 
Okay, we gave them to you. However, like, there's some shady stuff going on and we want the rights back. Um, so they ended up going to court for it. Um, the court, uh, the judge did recognize that DC turned down the idea of Superboy. So, you know, they noted that they pitched the idea of Superboy. DC was like, mm, no. However, this is where the loophole came in, was that they pitched it two times. And on the second time, DC didn't respond within the six weeks that they were supposed to respond. So apparently, if you responded like within the six weeks, like they had six weeks to respond on a pitch, then they would have been fine. But they didn't. Um, so that meant that DC didn't have the rights to Superboy. So they had the rights to Superman, but they didn't have the rights to Superboy because they didn't respond within six weeks. So that meant that... Joe and Jerry had the rights of Superboy, but they didn't have the rights of Superman. But then this is where, like, DC decided to handle it outside of the court, and they paid Joe and Jerry $94,000, and which is now roughly, again, roughly, I didn't calculate it to, like, the exact sense, so I'm just rounding up. Or rounding, I'm just rounding, okay. Um, and it was it would be roughly um one million dollars. So they decided, so they paid Joe and Jerry one million dollars just to like listen. We have Superman. Let us have Superboy. Here's your money. Ta-da! Let's be happy. Um. So at that point, Joe and Jerry decided to cut ties. Listen, we're gonna take a minute again and pause off of Joe and Jerry. Um, but. Malcolm Wheeler Nicholson, he wasn't able to repay his debts to Donafield and uh, Leibowitz. So they forced him out of the company, like the company that he helped create because he wasn't able to pay everything back. They made him like leave the company. And that makes me so sad. And maybe the DC, why? Oh, why? Like, I know times were different, but you know, this guy, Malcolm, like, this was his vision. And he really, he had such a good idea. And he saw something that at that time, no one else saw. And it, because he didn't have the money, they kicked him out. And that, that just breaks my heart. Like, I don't understand. I love people so much. But then I just like them so much, too. Because I don't understand, like, why can't... Why can't you just let them, like... Why can't we all be friends? Gosh. <laughs> okay. So, poor Malcolm was forced out of the company that he helped build because he wasn't able to afford it. And, ugh, that makes me sad. But, especially, like, after this whole... Like, why does everything have to be surrounded by money? Like, I hate it so much. Like, why can't... Oh, Anyways, okay. So... Uh, eventually, Joe and Jerry kind of did like their own free write stuff. Um, they went their separate ways, and they did their own separate works and just freelanced um, and kind of stepped away from the Superman DC stuff, which I totally get. But obviously, Superman was like he has always been just as popular in today's 
world than he was in the 1930s, which is like really awesome to see though. It's that's, I think that's like a part of history that I just love to see continue on. Um, even though I may not be the biggest Superman fan, I just love that something that was created back in like the 1930s is still just as popular today. Like that just, that just, that, that does make my heart happy. In 1975, Warner Brothers, new company coming in, announced the production of Superman. And a lot of people were super stoked about this because they've been reading the comics for so long. And now we're going to get like in a live action movie of one of their favorite characters. But again, no one gave the recognition to Joey and Jerry. Like, these guys have created this character. Like, he was one of the first superheroes. And now they're making a live-action movie about it, like, 30 years later. And no one gives these guys, like, the credit that they deserve. And so, you know... Jerry was not okay with this, and he made he made sure that people knew his feelings towards the project, and he drew attention to his poverty. Like, you know, people are weeping money, reaping money from his his creation, and because he caught he cut ties with DC, like like he should, because they weren't treating him the way that he deserved to be treated either. He became broke um and he was he was poor that makes me so sad again but he found other people um who also agreed with him so neil adams and jerry robertson who were also comic book artists for dc uh they you know talked to jerry about this and joe about this and uh they really created uh, not sympathizers from them but uh, made attention about this issue because it is an it is an issue um so they made a public relations campaign uh for better treatment of comic creators in general and i a hundred percent agree like even marvel movies and dc movies like like don't get me wrong i love the mcu and i um i can't say i love dc movies but there's potential okay there's potential but like even at that i don't see them recognize the the true artist behind their stories um like i mean granted marvel has you know stanley as cameos but it's not the same you know uh if you ask anyone or like the average mcu like movie watcher um who the creator is of their favorite superhero a lot of them don't know and i think that's like really important for them to know because that like there's just so much heart that those creators put into their characters that not a lot of people get to see or get to give them praise for um so i love that neil adams and jerry robinson made um this campaign for comic book creators and i love that jerry and joe never like, they didn't just back down, but they were just like, listen, here we go. So, in order to avoid bad press, Warner Brothers agreed to give Joe and Jerry a yearly stipend. Um, along with that stipend, they gave them medical benefits and credit credited their names in all future Superman stories. Um, but 
in exchange for no longer contesting ownership of Superman. But like, I hate when things become legal. Like, again, I get it. But at the same time, like, why can't you just give these two guys, like, partial ownership? Like, I just hate how everything comes down to money and not celebrating these creators for their, like, their mind that they have done. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, it was Warner Brothers who just, they wanted to be successful and they didn't want to have that bad press. So they did the right thing, but I wish they would have done the right thing, like, just to be genuine. But it's okay. I am super grateful for Jerry and Joe and for their hearts and their minds um, and what they did for the comic book industry because I think that just, like I said it earlier, that it truly was the gateway to the comic book world and to what it could be because from there we just were able to have so many other characters and stories and don't you worry, we will be getting into every single one of those stories and characters. But today was just a gateway to the start of the start and the heart of comic books. Something you may or may not know about me is that there are some comics that I love and there are some comics that I'm just like, eh, it's not my favorite. But even though it's not my favorite, it's somebody's favorite and especially learning more about Joe and Jerry and how much of their heart that they poured into these comics. Um, it's really hard to criticize comics because even though it's not my cup of tea, it's someone else's cup of tea. And someone put their heart and their soul into the books that we are reading, um, which needs to be celebrated. And so I try to go in with a positive mindset and to leave everything with a positive message. So on tonight's positive message, I have a quote from the wonderful Joe Schuster. Um, and he said, I drew a picture on the back of a calendar in pencil. In those days, they used to give out free calendars. I had no art paper, so I had to uh, take whatever else I could. And I just love that because he wasn't given this life of luxury. He wasn't able to go to art school. And, you know, he truly used what he had to make the life that he did. And I think that's huge on for so many of us. So many of us aren't given the silver platter that we would all love. But we use what we have to make the life that we want and no matter what how hard things are I mean these guys grew up in the depression um which is pretty rough but you know we are given these talents and these dreams for a reason and no matter how old you are and no matter what life comes at you you could be able to make those dreams and talents into something big so even if it's drawing on the back of a calendar, um, go go do the things that make you happy and go follow your dreams and your passions because you are all fully capable of it. And if no one else supports you, then please know that I support you. Um, like I said, 
come contact me. I'm on uh, TikTok. I'm comics underscores and underscores cupcakes. Um, and same with my Instagram as well. So come talk to me, ask questions. Uh, tell me what you want to hear on some more podcasts that we'll be doing. Um, we'll be diving into more of the history of comic books, um, the creators of comic books, and some of our favorite characters. So contact me, let me know what are some specific things you want to hear, um, and let's learn together and dive into those fun things. Uh, This year has been tough, life is tough, uh, but don't forget that you are tougher and you got this. You are all amazing and I hope you all have an amazing day evening, week, month, uh, whatever time period you are listening to me. Um, Just a friendly reminder, go out and support your local comic book stores, um, your comic book artists, your comic book writers. Um, And tune in next time for comic book history lessons as we dive into some more history lessons of our favorite comic book writers, characters, and everything in between. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye.